Well, I feel like I'm uh, down in Port Aransas with a Miller Lite in my hand, feeling kind of... I mean, silly or Coors, a little, with a Coors Light as a second backup. That's right. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, who knows? Both good options. But uh, here we are. It is episode 49, Taylor Trash Fly Fishing, coming to you from the old oak table here in the Taylor Park, Oak Hill, Florida. We got Ben, Carl, Mark is vacationing up in the Redneck Riviera. So we have a bench warmer that has stepped up to the big leagues yet once again. Jameson, good to have you back. I'm ready to play. (laughs) What's up, fellas? Well, what's happening? Wow, the level of excitement. Uh, Carl made an utterance. I thought he was going to take the lead on that. (laughs) (laughs) An excited utterance. And he's like, Mm -hmm. well, well. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's uh, just a tactic sometimes, you know, where you, you start just to see who's really going to pay any attention. What is it they say that you should listen to hear what someone else is saying instead of listening for your next opportunity to speak? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Because the beginning of my sentences are forever getting in the way of middle, the middle of ends. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I start a sentence, I don't even know where it's going to go. I just hope to find it along the way. So you just pick up the slack, Carl. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Slack lining. Ben mm-hmm. leads you in, and you just hit it. Hits mm-hmm. a homer. Uh, we'll start with a uh, thank you to the Drakes for a sick swag pack. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you're getting a card in the mail. I don't have your address. So I don't know how you're going to get it, but you're getting one. I think if you just figure out what the zip code is to Drake, South Carolina, and put a name on it, it would probably get there. Like them Drake boys. Them Drake boys. We'll tie it to a pigeon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sick. So, I mean, at least one of us has been traveling and fishing and... Catching exotic species. Yeah, all I had of the state uh, of Florida. I had the awesome opportunity to turn a work trip into a little bit of a fun trip on either side of the work. So um, I managed to worm my way into uh, getting a pretty red carpet treatment um, down in Cape Coral. No, no, Coral Springs. Coral Springs Coral, yeah. I always get those two yeah. reversed. So Coral Springs, um, Dustin, and Ron were super accommodating. Uh, I actually drove down a day early, um, got down there. Uh, Dustin gets off work around 3 o'clock, so I made sure that I got there a little after 3, roll into the neighborhood, and... He's got three whips sitting in the driveway, bikes, and has rods rigged up. Takes me out the back door of the house. He lives right on the water in the neighborhood. We walk over, and he's like, right there, right there. And I was like, ooh, I see it. And, you know, I've never done peacocks before. So I'm like, okay, like, if, you know, like house 
spooky are they? You mm-hmm. know, will, will they spook if they see me? And he's like, nope, they're pretty fucking, mm-hmm. you know, they could give a shit less. So a little bit of coaching on, you know, what the presentation needed to be. Um, he's been fishing peacocks really hard, Dustin has, for a, the better part of a little over a year now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been keeping, like, a tally. He's been, like, slaying three or four a day for a year. That's mm-hmm. crazy. So so he's pretty mm-hmm. dialed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, he's got uh, his favorite fly um, that he's, through trial and error, came up with. Mm-hmm. They like this size they like this color it just works Mm -hmm. so i of course tied that on and uh, immediately started getting the fish to turn on it but like sometimes they don't get you know they don't Mm -hmm. they're not aggressive the first couple of times through eventually um hook up on my first peacock there in the backyard released off we go we're like all right let's get on the bikes so we get on the bikes tear ass through the neighborhood and there's like a big power line easement and under that power line easement there was a big retention pond um walk up to the retention pond and a little bit different than the pond behind his house like a shelf goes out and then drops off super deep you know because it's like a limestone yeah that's the the whole thing about coral springs you you go down a foot you're on limestone right Um, so fishing that ledge, end up getting a fish there and we see a storm kind of in the distance to the North, Northwest. And we're like, uh, is this going to get us? I don't think so. Everybody's checking radar. No, it's looking good. It's looking good. And all of a sudden this thing just like goes monster. And we're like, oh shit, here comes the rain. And we couldn't even get back to the bikes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we ride back to the house. By the time we get to the house, we're like soaking wet from head to toe. Um, chill out at the house, dry off. Um, I ended up changing maybe 30, 40 minute rain delay. We look at the radar and we're like, hey, it's clearing out west. So we leave the bikes, jump in the truck. And off we go. Now, this is where it really gets, like, the South Florida peacock bassin. Mm-hmm. Um, we're out of the neighborhood, and, you know, I don't know my way around down there. So it's like, you know, turn here, turn there. We end up pulling in just kind of like a big field next to a park. And then there's, like, the 30-foot-tall, like, berm. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the hum of traffic on the backside of that berm. Mm-hmm. We scramble up the berm, you get to the top of it, and you're looking out over the Sawgrass Expressway. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the Sawgrass Expressway is the Everglades. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got that big, deep ditch that runs along mm-hmm. the Sawgrass. Went down there. Um, that's where I actually got my biggest peacock. And the cool thing about fishing with somebody like Dustin is he's been doing it on the daily for a year he's dialed in as far as like obviously the fly to use um and he's also dialed in on tactics and he's like just move cover water Mm -hmm. and literally you know if nothing's happening here we're packing the fuck up and we're moving it's totally a run and gun thing Mm -hmm. so i i got that what was the largest fish for me for the day and kept moving down the shoreline, not really getting anything, not really getting anything. He's like, all right, let's go. Let's load up. 
back over the berm, back into the truck. Next place we like pull into some, you know, like random like office park, pull into a parking spot, jump out, cut through some hedges down the side of the road, hang a left at the next ditch. Again, more fish. Um, I think we ended up doing two more spots after that. And uh, it was really cool because Ron and Dustin actually grew up together in that area. And Ron actually got Dustin back when they were in high school fly fishing for the first time. And uh, just to hear those guys kicking stories. And we actually fished a ditch where he's like, that house over there was my aunt and uncle's house. My grandma lived down here. Ron lived in the neighborhood. This is, you know, so it was really cool to like get that vibe and to know that these two. I feel like that would be kind of rare for there too, because it seems like it grew up quick and yeah, as of late, right? Yeah, and, and somebody that's been there for a while. Yeah, it's and rare, and to have a couple of cats that like you know have that bond, and it's yeah. it's from not just fly fishing, but fishing in general, um, and growing up, and like you know being out there beating feet and, yeah. you know, having a good time. So when we got finished, uh, it's starting to get kind of towards darkish. Um, and we're like, they're like, Hey, there's a great sports bar around the corner. Um, let's go grab a bite to eat, grab a couple of beers. And then, you know, maybe we'll fish after that again. And so I can't remember the name of the, the joint that we went to, but, uh, you know, of course we put our masks on mm-hmm. And then immediately took them off as soon as we were seated. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the place they took me, we ordered for an appetizer. It was um, like those homemade uh, chips, or not homemade, but yeah, you know, like, yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's like almost it's like, like potato chips, but they're not like cu- fry, almost like yeah, chip, yeah. And the <clears throat> the sriracha ranch that they served it with, holy smokes, was it good? Um, and then uh, you know, just like typical. You know, bar level food. I got, mm-hmm. I think, uh, buffalo chicken sandwich or something like mm-hmm. that. But uh, good food, great beer, super good company. Um, we wrapped up, paid the check, and headed back towards his neighborhood, uh, Dustin's neighborhood. And they were like, You want to hop in the canoe? And like, you know, and it was starting to get dark, kind of iffy if it might rain again. I was like, You know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and figure out a hotel or whatever. And uh, just beat feet down the road. But, man, I mean, next level hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nice thing was, I guess, I didn't embarrass myself enough. They actually invited me to come back. So uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the Peacock thing. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to definitely take them up on that and head back down there pretty soon. Well, he, he keeps extending the invite to me. So I, I told him, I was like, let me get through, like, this bathroom renovation in my house and get through getting that done and let's do it. 100% worth it. Yeah. Um, Anybody that hasn't done it, I would totally recommend if you're in Florida, mm -hmm. even close. Yeah. Make make a, make an effort and trip. Yeah. It's nice to, to know somebody, Yeah, but if you just go, Right, just make a day of it and keep jumping around. Like you were saying, there's so Yeah. Just keep moving. Yeah. There's so much water. Just cover water. And sooner or later, I yeah, mean, it just, it's going to happen. Yeah. Then don't count anything out because they'll be in. Oh, uh, they'll be in. Yeah, the most rain like barrels, saying, random things. Yeah. 
So one of the cool things about Dustin, um, you, you guys may remember uh, the Dingy Derby last year. Um, Dustin actually, we talked about him probably leading up to the Dingy Derby. Um, he, he and Ron actually came up for the Dingy Derby. He's got a really highly customized um, aluminum yeah, uh, uh-huh. skiff. And one of the things that he is really good with is metalwork. Uh, he's actually a welding instructor um, at the high school level down there. Um, he actually teaches welding in a high school in Liberty City. Oh, okay. So uh, damn, that's uh, a kind of a ride. Dude. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's got all these students, and you know he, he's he's you know more than just a teacher. He he's kind of a mentor, where he he you know, tries to get these kids to understand, look, you know, you might not be headed to college and actually you probably don't need to go to college if you'll just learn this skill and this trade mm-hmm. and become a welder. You're going to make as good a money as if you had a college degree, mm-hmm. what many of these people are going to get a college degree job. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, he helps these kids see their way um, and he was telling stories throughout the day about, you know, hearing from ex-students that, you know, we're fucking kicking ass yeah. and doing great things. Um, so one of the cool things is like, you know, he tries to have the kids do stuff that's like more real world, like projects, you know, throughout, throughout the time. Mm-hmm. So he's got a 25 mark on his boat, um, as I do on mine. And with me having the jack plate, Sometimes when I jack it up, you know, I start losing, even though I've got a four bladed prop, I'll start, you know, blowing out. Mm-hmm. He actually fabricated and made a kick-ass uh, cavitation plate for my boat. Um, and actually it was the kids in the class that like did it and made mm-hmm. it and, you know, his design and whatnot. Right. But um, one of the things that he had them do, um, obviously we had to delay and postpone the dinghy derby but he's come up with this as a memento and he gave me the sample and I think we're going to have the kids make us some of these. Oh yeah. So that, uh, for like a little additional donation, it's a kick-ass dog tag with the dinghy derby 2020 embossed on it, like actually stamped into the metal. Yeah. So we'll put a picture of that up on, uh, Instagram and, uh, come up with a way if you want one of those it'd make a great key fob or an oh, yeah. addition to your keychain. just uh memorialize that you were there and that you're helping the marine discovery center so anyway um finished up with with those guys got on the road and uh i got a hotel room just down the street in pembroke pines mm-hmm. that way uh tuesday morning uh got up and only had like a three-hour little jaunt to get down to Key West and uh that's where I was working so uh made it down to Key West just kind of uh kicked it around got there around lunchtime went to uh Bo's Fish Wagon uh if anybody's ever been down to Key West and you've eaten at Bo's it's uh definitely good grub um if you haven't make sure that you go by it's uh kind of more of like a localish joint um not a lot of people you know, tourists really end up hitting that unless they hear about it. So, um, oh, on the way down, um, I did stop in Isla Mirada to uh, 
go to Sandy Moretz, uh, Florida Keys Outfitters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I always like when I travel, <coughs> if possible, stop at a fly shop, spend a hundred bucks, you know, grab a t-shirt, hat, whatever, you know, just contribute. It's probably been two years, maybe three since I'd been to the Keys for whatever reason. And, uh, it reminded me very quickly of the last time that I'd been down there. Um, walk in, no greeting, <laughs> walk around, ignored, mm-hmm. shuffle through some stuff, never acknowledged. So I said, fuck it, and left without spending any money. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how the place stays open. Uh, maybe there's a maybe there's a code word that you have to have, you know, or like a certain look. Um, you know, yeah, I was just yeah. like rocking. I was rocking like shorts and a t-shirt. That's your problem. I mean, you know, no fish hippie or you know, no, no collared shirt. But uh, I mean, I I, I kind of thought maybe I had the look of you know somebody that at least might spend some time outdoors. I mean, I'm not pale and pasty white or anything. So like. You know, I thought maybe, hey, how's it going? You in town, you know, you, you, you know, fishing tarpon mm-hmm. or you, you fishing bone fit, you know, like something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, uh, uh, not a word. So, kinda yeah, kind of odd. Yeah. But that's, ha- that's what happened to me the last time. That and I was like, you know, the, the, this ain't the vibe, man. Yeah. This is yeah. not cool. It's a little, it's like kind of a little sterile. It's a nice place or whatever. I don't need to be terrible to them, but they... With all the trophies not, and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, it just kind of feels a little. I don't feel like it's like a shop where you're gonna go and kind of hang out. And it's not very welcoming. No, yeah. that's a little that's all I'll sterile. Say. It's not yeah. very welcoming. Yeah. And and actually, I'll circle all the way back around to that shop by the end of all my stories. So after I'd you know spent my probably ten minutes. In the shop, I left, you know, Mm -hmm. I was like, fuck this, I'm not doing anything in here, you know. Got on the road, um, like I said, got down there, had my lunch at Bo's, got checked into the hotel, and basically just vegged out, Mm -hmm. you know, because I knew I had to work the next morning. Um, Made sure I knew where my job site was so that I knew what time I needed to get up, blah, blah, blah. Um, So... Ended up uh, the following day doing my work, um, got finished, went back to the hotel, freshened up, kind of hung out. And my hotel was, you know, right off of Duval, like by two blocks, um, really conveniently located to walk everywhere I wanted to go. So I walked all the way down to uh, the angling store. QS Angling Company or whatever. The Angling Company. Yeah. The Angling Company. Mm -hmm. Um, Went in there. Super awesome greeting. Uh, Cat was working. And I've I've known Cat for a few years. Um, We actually went to and sat at the same table for Ian Slater's uh, wedding and reception. So we've spent time chatting and whatnot. The funny thing is... She didn't recognize me, and I didn't really bring up, hey, remember, you know, and the reason nobody recognized each other is down in the Keys, everybody's wearing masks right now. So she was buffed up, I was buffed up, and I guess, you know, I know I've got really nice eyes, but obviously not (laughs) the kind that you remember. Dazzle me, baby. But, uh, 
I loaded up on uh, gear from the shop. Um, spent you know close to a hundred bucks and uh, wished her adieu. And, and she actually engaged. Was like, so you in town? You know, fishing mm-hmm. and tarpon, bonefish. What are you up to? And I was like, I'm supposed to fish tomorrow. Um, got a buddy that's uh, down here from South Florida, and I think he wants to go permit fishing. Uh, I don't think we're going to fuck with the the tarpon. She's like, yeah, tarpon are kind of like slim pickings right now. Like, all of a sudden, they're like gone. I was like, well, that's cool. We're not really looking at tarpon fishing. I said, maybe bonefish, maybe permit. And she's like, tons of bonefish, tons of bonefish. So leave, go back to the hotel, drop off all my swag that I'd picked up. I think I went out to dinner. Uh, There's like a little sushi joint down at the end of Duval, uh, off around the corner where... uh, I was staying, had sushi, which was the first sushi I'd had like since COVID started. So well, that's another thing, yeah. Unless yeah. you're really going and sitting down somewhere, yeah. So it was Can't nice. Really have it, yeah. Um, and uh, a little bit later that evening, I figured out that I wasn't going to be fishing on Thursday, like I had thought I had been planning to. Um, so once I figured that out, I started going, okay, what's my plan B? Because, you know, I, I booked the hotel room for Thursday night, anticipating being on the water all day Thursday. So, got on the Googler and uh, started looking, you know, because waiting out of Key West isn't like a real easy thing to figure out and to do. Um, but I was able to find a, a, a spot that looked promising. Um, did a little bit of research and, you know read a few people had said, yeah, you know, this is pretty hard, flat, you know, decent, you, you know, bone fishy. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to do it. And, uh, next morning I got up and, um, uh, I think I posted a, a story on Instagram. There's a little joint, um, just off of, uh, Truman, I think on the corner of white in Truman called Sandy's. Uh, it's a walk up window um, oh, I think I saw a photo. You sent a yeah. photo. It's a sandwich. sandwich yeah. Place. Well, yeah. their breakfast, it's that Cuban bread, like a Cuban sandwich comes on. Mm-hmm. And then it's like either ham and cheese and egg or sausage, egg and cheese pressed in that Cuban bread. And then they have uh, Cafe Con Leche. Oh, yeah. That's, now you're talking about Oh, it's so good. So yeah, it's a spot. I actually got up that morning, walked down there. I was like four blocks away. So, you know, get a little exercise, whatever, get the blood going. Walked down there, got my breakfast, walked back to the, or actually sat out front. They have like, you know, a little bar there and I sat out front and it was nice out. And walked back to the hotel, got my shit together. There was no rush because the tide that I was going to fish was uh, more towards noonish, mm-hmm. you know, during the cool time of the day. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I make my way out to uh, the spot that I want to fish, and you know, I I had last thing on my plan was that I would be DIY and waiting, so I didn't have any like waiting boots or anything with me. But I was like, all right, let me dig around in my truck. You know, uh, guarantee you, there's got to be something in here. Mm-hmm. And I I had a pair of older uh, like reef flip flops, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, you know, Dece, you know, probably mm-hmm. not the best waiting, you know, but at least keep me from, you know, getting poked in the foot by something. Third step into the water, the left one blew out. Mm-hmm. 
And then while I was like hopping around on one foot trying to figure out, boom, blew the other one out. And it's because they'd been in my, like under the seat in my truck for like two years, getting baked every day. So they were pretty destroyed. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to wait anyway. And just like, you know, shuffled my way down the flat for a while. Tons of little sharks. Uh, took a couple of shots at a box fish. Never saw any bonefish, unfortunately. But, uh, Turns out that the uh, spot that I'm fishing, and most people can easily figure out where I'm fishing, just, you know, if anybody's watched my Instagram, um, it's right off the end of the runway at the Naval Air Station. Okay. And, like, the runway they were using, literally, they're coming out and, like, immediately feet wet right over the water, and they're, like, crossing the fence, you know, 40 feet off the ground, 30 feet off the ground. And there's this huge pile of, like, coquina rock on the beach to stop the any erosion and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, I saw the first one go out, and I'm like, fuck, I'm going to go down there and watch these guys, you know. So I hoof it down there, and I climb up on top of the rocks. So now, like, the second F-18 goes out, I get video of that. Another one goes out. And then the F-5s that are the aggressors um, that fly the dissimilar combat profile for those guys, the first one of those goes out, and that fucker was, like, right, like, head high. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so, like, low and, like, right over top of you that it, like, shakes your body mm-hmm. when it goes across. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that was too fucking cool. And so then two of them pull out on the runway and do like a double takeoff. Mm-hmm. And the so the, the second one comes by. He's lower still yet than the first one that went by. He goes hauling ass by. And when the third one came out, he was coming straight at me to the point where it, like, I think I edited the video a little bit for time. But the full clip of that one, you actually see him roll and like sidestep a little off to the right because he was coming like right at me (laughs) and he did he went by it head high like right past me and and it was like like loud doesn't even begin to describe it but the craziest was when he went by like the air like there was like you know dried up like um seaweed and stuff on the beach that shit was flying and it was like a fucking tornado of dust and shit. That's how fucking low he was. I was like, damn. It's awesome. So, um, a little bit more, you know, wading around, farting around and, uh, you know, without the proper equipment, the right shoes or anything, I was like, ah, I'm not, you know, really going to fuck myself up trying to flail around out there. So there's a little Marina around the corner, went down there, um, ordered a couple of, tall boy PBRs and uh, they had uh, a lunch special that was uh, carne asada steak mm-hmm. over fries like kind of like a um, it basically it was uh, essentially nachos but instead of chips mm-hmm. it was fries and I got that and holy shit it was good <laughs> so that's how I wrapped up that afternoon um, while I was out there a uh, friend of a friend who uh, I've actually known in the sense like we've known each other through a message board, the Drake message board for 10, 12 years. Um, he lives up in Isla Morada and uh, 
Ben, our friend, the huge fly fisherman, uh, has also known Rob the same amount of time, but he's actually gone down and fished with Rob out of Isla Mirada several times. And every time he does, you know, he'll come, come back and he's like, man, Rob says you need to come down and fish with him. Well, I've never made it a point to do it. So Ben knew what was going on. So Ben reached out to Rob, Rob reached out to me and Rob's like, are you coming to Isla Mirada tomorrow to fish? I was like, fuck yeah, I am. So Friday, um, I guess maybe Ben kind of warned him that I, I'm like kind of banker's hours kind of guy. So like, uh, nine's fine. It, well, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so I called Rob and I was like, okay, man, you know, well, you know, uh, I'm down here. Just, you know, give me, shoot me an address and, uh, tell me what time you think you want to get started, you know, so I know what time to leave. I think I'm probably an hour and a half, uh, drive back up to Alamorada to, to see you. He's like, Man, there's no reason to rush or anything. He's like, get here nine, nine thirty, ten. That's fine. It's <laughs> like, God, I love this. <laughs> so uh, I ended up rolling in. I think around nine, and uh, we uh, loaded rods in the boat and put the boat in the water and hopped in and we ran around. Where'd you guys fish out of? Like, what ramp did you leave? Uh, well, he he actually his boat's on a lift. Uh, on the water ocean side. Okay. Um, so we just dropped the boat in the water and then uh, ran around and came through the channel at Bud and Mary's. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, from ocean side yeah. back over mm-hmm. to the bay side. And his wife, Chandra, um, she actually is one of the people that puts on the Holly um, behind oh, the scenes, yeah. does all the planning and, and all that stuff. So she had to go to... Um, the Lorelei to drop off a bunch of stuff because it was the last day of the Holly. So she was going to drive over. So we just ran the skiff around and pulled up there. And like, basically by the time we got there, she was already there, had her stuff dropped off to whoever she needed to. She hopped on the skiff with us and we ran from the Lorelei up past, um, Flamingo and, uh, found a nice little key to fish around. Um, based on, you know, they, they fish all the, all the time down there. So they're like, you know, this, this spot's been fishing fairly good. So let's give this a try. And, um, wasn't too long. We saw, you know, a couple of redfish on the shoreline. It, it was, it was overcast. It was, it was one of those mm-hmm. days, hardly any wind. Um, water clarity was great, but just not a lot of visibility. Um, didn't have any really good shots of the first couple of fish we saw. And, uh, this was a first uh, for me. I've seen uh, crocs like in Flamingo, like around the boat ramp and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but uh, we're up, I'm on the I'm up front and we're like pulling on. I'm like, what is that on the bottom? And holy shit, we're in like two feet of water and there's a crocodile on the bottom, just, just chilling out, there, yeah. just laying there. Hmm. Um, so we started seeing snook, which is really kind of what we were expecting to see around this particular key, and uh, kept seeing them late, you know, not getting good shots on them. And as we're coming up to the, uh, along the shoreline, there's like a old mangrove that like got uprooted from a storm that's kind of half in the water, and it's like starting to get a little bit deeper water there. And I'm like, if there's if there's ever a spot. Well, there's going to be a snook. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I went ahead and took a long cast, dropped the fly, gave it a like 
simple two count to get down strips tight mangrove snapper (laughs) (laughs) so it's the snapper hole so get the snapper off now we're kind of up almost even with that overhanging tree we look there's a fucking stud snook way back (laughs) underneath there i'm like shit now the snook sees us so he like kind of turns and eases deeper underneath there and like through the mangrove roots kind of you know so i'm trying to send a shot you know to get out in front of him and just as i do smaller snook but decent snook comes peeling out eats the fly stick him he's doing his normal snook thing jumped Mm -hmm. pulling and all of a sudden he really starts pulling because I'd say like a 28, 30-inch-ish Goliath grouper comes out <laughs> oh, shit. and is trying to eat yeah. the snook. <laughs> so uh, we got the uh, snook to the boat, let him go, and uh, continued around the key, and we had we had like some really fucking big snook that we saw. But again, it was like, you know, with the limited light. Connect, yeah, yeah, it was hard to connect. Uh, but, man, we had fun. Yeah. Holy shit, did we have fun. And so it's getting later in the day, and uh, we were very fortunate. We were able to fish all the way up in Flamingo, and then the tide was going to be perfect in downtown Isla Morada to make it back there and fish for bonefish. So we make the run back, and we stop at our first spot. Rob's like, hey, you know, we should be seeing bonefish coming from the other side, coming across this little saddle here, and then there's like kind of a deeper hole. They'll come down through there. Sometimes they'll stop in mud. He's like, so really, you know, they might tail up on top as they come across, but we're really looking for like wakes and pushes and stuff. I was like, all right, cool. So um, he's pulling us along kind of that perimeter edge of where that drop-off is kind of, you know, and it gets a little too shallow to make it across the hump, but we're mm-hmm. – we see some wakes coming across. We're like, oh, shit, here they come. And, like, fucking stereotypical pot of bonefish mm-hmm. pushing a wake. Here they come. And uh, so I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. They fucking kind of turn off away from us to the right. And we're like, shit. Nope, nope, they're coming back. And they turn and they start coming back to us. So I'm able to get a cast, drop the fly, and, like, they hold the line. I'm like, okay, cool. I think, I think I'm in them. And I'm like, strip, strip goes tight. Boom. Clearing line Mm -hmm. would have sworn at first it was a bonefish. And if, you know, I put the video up, turns out it was a fucking Jack. (laughs) So, and and to like, we still are like, was it bonefish that we saw? And because we're fishing that edge, like it was a Jack that like hauled ass in there and ate it. Because uh, we never saw, like, they weren't tailing as they came across, so we never confirmed that they were bonefish, right. but it looked real bonefishy. Um, so, long story short, I got I got a nice jack, and uh, we picked up from that spot and moved to what was our A spot for that tide, and uh, started pushing through there. Had some tailing bonefish, and I made a fucking great cast fucking led the bonefish where I needed to start stripping and got hung up on fucking grass. And we're not used to that. Yeah. And so, and and like after Mm -hmm. the fact we were like, okay, 
what the fuck were we thinking? We should have switched to a weedless fly. So we switched to a weedless fly, and then we just never ended up mm. getting another shot. But uh, Robin Chandra absolutely 100% showed me a hell of a day. Like mm-hmm. I got a fish. I was on the bow the entire day. Neither one of them would like, you know, it was like, no, 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 you fish, you fish, you fish. So it was pretty spoiling, uh, to be able to do that. Um, Rob, like I said, you know, we've known each other like through online interaction mm-hmm. for over a decade, but it's the first time we've actually fished with each other. And Rob's like a year older than me. So, you know, similar ages, it felt like I was on a boat with somebody that, you know, I'd been buddies with for 10 years because, you know, and he's a, he's full-time guide there. No, no. He, um, he, he works for somebody in Isla Mirada, Okay. Um, and just is, you know, able to fish a lot. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Cool. Um, but, uh, cause I know when Ben, like when Ben goes, he'll do a couple of few days, yeah. you know, like straight. I don't yeah. Know if it was, yeah. He just, yeah. he has a really flexible schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we end up, uh, Finishing the day off, sun's going down, beautiful skunk set, even though I didn't get skunked, you know, mm-hmm. um, and pulled up, put the boat back on the trailer, or not trailer, the lift, unloaded everything, and uh, we're like, hey, let's grab a bite to eat. So the square grouper now has a square grouper in Alamorada. Yeah, it was opening last time I was there. Yeah, They're so. Together. Um, and you've met Rob. Oh. You've met Rob. Yeah, yeah. Because. Where um, they were building the lithium, yeah, is now the square grouper. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and he met you there, huh? When uh, when Gino and all those guys were working on that, and you'd come true. down and uh, yeah, we're helping Brian out with some yeah. stuff, huh? Dang, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that was the same person. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's Rob. So uh, it was cool, like, actually eating there because he was explaining to me how, you know, the lithium was getting built there because originally, like, whoever had started that project ran out of money and it was just kind of like an empty building sitting there and it had that, the marina that was out back was, like, a shitty fucking nasty, like... Yeah, it was always weird. And it, and it was, uh, it was... Ted's going to not stop texting, so <laughs> let me answer Ted real quick. Um so I remember there was, uh, I, and I don't re- remember what the deal was, but it was like a like a half full, half running marina over there. And they moved, you know, moved on in. The square grouper came in. They spruced up the whole marina and whatever. But at that time, it was just like an empty, empty, some empty building, empty warehouse. Well, the, the cool there. thing was that he told me was it was a, when it was, the empty building and then the crappy marina out yeah. back. It was actually a location, a set location for bloodlines. Right. Oh, it was really? the brothers. Yeah, that brothers yeah, yeah. marina or whatever. Okay. And uh, then once that cleared out, then the square grouper lady came up there and actually finished the building out and like they spruced up the marina. It's like it's nice. It's now. super yeah. nice and now. super full. Yeah. Yeah. Real so, popular. So. um I finished uh, dinner with them, um, hugs all the, all around, and I drove up, and stayed at um, the hotel I stayed at was right by the Miami Executive Airport, mm-hmm. and uh, the next morning 
drove up here and was home Saturday morning and uh, right around lunchtime or whatever. And I haven't fished since. Um, I've been working, and quite honestly, it's been too damn hot. Dude, it got too this, fucking this hot. Week this week and, has yeah. been nuts. Yeah. A couple of days last week was like, wow, where'd that come from? And then this week it's been solid. Now, my skiff has gone fishing, mm-hmm. but, oh, I, yeah, but yeah. I didn't go. Um, Bree and Wilds were down, as you mentioned earlier. Wilds, thank you very much for the swag. And uh, he was down to pick up trailers because he's busy building skiffs and has three new ones that are going to happy new owners. And uh, since he was coming down to pick up trailers, obviously he didn't tow a boat down here. And I was like, hey, I got to go to work, but feel free to use the whip ray. So he and Bree went out and fished a couple, three hours the other morning. And their fishing report was, your fish are still assholes, and it was hot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, that that didn't motivate me to like hurry right out. So well, I did the a little bit of kind of what you were doing, paired with hiding from the uh, like hellish sun, and just getting getting a uh, a rod across my bicycle handlebars. Uh huh. Just cruising around the middle of the night, fishing like shitty ponds and like. Intercoast, just spot, you know, whatever, yeah, like yeah, wherever just I'm like, like kind of allowed to go. Uh-huh. But it's, you know, you can't, it's like 105 degrees or something. Yeah. It feels yeah. like temperatures yeah. this last mm-hmm. week. You can't do anything. No, it's so, brutal. Yeah. I, I was actually, you know, my, my thoughts for today prior to the podcast, I was like, you know, I'm going to go down, fish a little bit this afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I kept looking at the like feels like temperature 107. I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. not worth it, man. Not worth there it. There was somebody mentioned something yesterday. Oh, are you going to go out Sunday? I'm like, where? Swimming hole? Right. I'm not. I don't. I mean, maybe. Yeah. If I can get off the boat real quick into the water under a tree somewhere and just swim around. Because there's no, like, standing on a boat all day fishing. Now, Jameson, you've been out. uh, You went out last weekend? Yeah, I got out last Sunday. uh, Spent Father's Day morning out on the water. And uh, I can echo Wilds and Bree's report that... The fishing was tough. I mean, I, I didn't get to be on the bow. My girlfriend's been trying to get into fly fishing, and she laid out some perfect shots in front of fish. and They just weren't having just it. Just weren't having it, and it was hot. Yeah. You know, and, and we got out there sunrise, you know, right around that time, and by 9, 10 o'clock, you're done. Yeah. So your fishing um, was probably three weeks ago. Yeah, right around the first, like, third, fourth, fifth. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, Robbie and, well, Robbie from uh, Powell and Brad Bird from Charleston came down because Brad got a new uh, Ancona salt marsh, and he, uh, or salt marsh heron. Um, so he's coming to pick it up, and they were like, we're going to fish dock lights down here. Do you got any days free? So I took a day off, took Friday off work, and met those guys. They drove up, and they were they were camping the whole time. Ooh, dude! I was like, "What? What the? is wrong with you?" I was like, "Dude, I have air mattresses. I, I mean, couch. You're not broke to the point that you didn't just come pick up a new boat. Get a hotel yeah, room, dude." And they were for like, fuck's sake. Like, we love camping. I was like, "Yeah, but that's that's not what this is. This is punishment." Um, but you know, they were 
fine, I guess. Um, I draw the line at camping when my balls are stuck to my leg from mm-hmm. sweat. Like, yeah, no I'm camping. not into it. And if you, yeah, you've got to have a fire while camping. Yeah, it's a campfire, right? Well, so it has to be cold enough. Not, what to they have kept a fire running into problems with was they'd like, <laughs> they'd need to like cook their food and it was raining. So they'd have to like go find a park overhang to fire up the jet boil and like make eggs and bake. They're like sending me pictures of like cooking under this uh, overhang while it's raining. I was like, dude. And the jet boil is just putting out tons of CO2 so that the mosquitoes have a bigger fucking Mm -hmm. something to hone in on. Mm -hmm. Chemtrails, (laughs) baby. Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) How does it work in the tent though? Because I mean, you're not going to use a sleeping bag because you're going to be sweating your body. I didn't ask. I didn't want to know. I did. Apparently they had separate tents. I guess. I hope so. Boxer up and butt to butt. I guess. Dude, I don't know, but it was like they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna camp at Wickham Park." I was like, "F that." Mm-hmm. Crazy. Interesting. Whichever one he wants to tab out first, I got a couch <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with AC, um, the freshest air around. <laughs> but the uh, so we went out Friday and it it wound up raining. Well, they came in town. When, when did they get here? Versus. So they rolled in town Thursday night, and we went met up with some local guys on my end. And yeah, I, all I know is I knew you were fishing and and entertaining those guys mm-hmm. or, or linking up with those guys. And I believe it was the same weekend that uh, Chip and Skyler did the podcast. But you... I think it was the next weekend that they came down. Huh, maybe I don't know. Anyways, so but I had a good time with them. Showed them some of the local waterways. Got a few snook a pretty decent trout we were going after tarpon and it was it sucked because it, it was overcast it was rainy i was like actually you know for tarpon fishing this is doesn't this isn't bad we got to a spot and they were rolling everywhere and we threw everything in the boat out and we couldn't get a single one of them to eat probably that robbie probably got no joke 50 good shots hmm. nothing would eat them so I, you know, I, I always hate it when someone comes down like we really like a tarpon, and you know we can't make it happen. But I, you know, God bless tarpon, but rolling tarpon is not sight fishing in my book. No, you, and you know, like to to even articulate and to say out loud, we had great shots. No, you saw a lot of rolling fish. Yeah, but like to be able to visualize or think that you had a great shot that you're throwing a fly and letting it sink into the murk and hoping that that fish was sliding, not going straight tail slap into the bottom. Right. Is like, shoot me in the fucking head. No, it, it I would gets, rather fucking get my It gets frustrating dick quick. With a and I would to do that. It's so much more fun to have like nice skies and see one laid up and try to figure right. out how you're going to hit that fish. And, and, and it was frustrating, but I was, you know, water quality still okay down your way. Yeah, uh, when we got, that was that week we got like a lot of rain. It uh, muddied up for about a week and a half. It was kind of like, eh. But then like I was out, you know, helping my parents this past weekend and it was real nice. I mean, it hasn't been bad up here when we went out. We found pockets of cleaner water. But yeah, there's there's a lot down by me. It's just kind of surprising. Really nice. It should, should be kind of getting shitty because it's hot. Yeah. You know, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I had a good time with those guys. Well, I think... Uh, you know, I'm sitting here with an empty beer, and uh, I've got the idea in my head that it's time to go ahead and get uh, a little break going. And when we get back, we're going to shift gears and head north of the border and answer some questions 
or we're not going to, but a certain Canadian is. We'll be back. like that breaks over full beers and none other than the canadian himself ted has joined the fray what's up ted what's up fellas how's everyone good so are you just like lounging around in denim this evening um uh, only denim i'm wearing a um denim Den- like- tuxedo uh, paired with a denim bow tie um yeah Oh, like a hat, denim hat, denim socks. Yeah, very K, very K fed of me. <laughs> if you're gonna wear that much denim, you have to grow a sick mustache. One oh, firefighter mustache, the big handlebar. Yeah, like a Tom Selleck, like a dirty, like fucking duster, Tom Selleck, <laughs> duster, dirty duster. Yeah. <clears throat> Fucking cookie duster. <laughs> Ted, you d- you should uh, you should like grow the porn stash. That the porn stash is the cookie duster. Oh, okay. Um, well, get busy. We yeah. want to see it. All right. In your full denim. <laughs> I'll I'll work on that look for everybody. Well, if you could if you could go do the denim at least tomorrow, so we can use that as the uh, like cover for this episode. That'd be Pretty clutch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on that. I'll see if I can get it in time. You just head down to Canadian Tire and you get all the denim you need. Mm-hmm. Denim tires. What are you talking about? No, no, no. Just head over to Canadian Denim. <laughs> <laughs> is there? Is it? There's not. Is there? There's got to be. I, I mean, don't we don't know. have one called American <laughs> Denim. It's called Wrangler, son. I'm pretty. So, so Ted, like, is is there like a preferred brand of denim uh, for Canadians? Like, I would Levi's. say probably Levi's is, is like the quintessential American brand of uh, denim for jeans. Yeah, I mean, is is you doing that... Lee's dungarees? What are you doing? Um, you know what? Um, if I you say Jordash, we're that. hanging up. <laughs> Stonewash. <laughs> Jordash. I've got to say that Levi's is definitely the global preferred denim um, brand for Be- sure. It's it's certainly the working man's jeans, right? So what about... Uh, no, no, no. The working man jeans are Wranglers. Right. 
Wranglers as of when, though? When did Wranglers hit the market? If you want to get into the nitty-gritty You didn't ask Levi's about timeline. You said working people versus bougie people. Oh, Wranglers been around forever. So, I mean, I mean what about Bugle Dale, Boy? Dale Earnhardt used to drive the Wrangler um, number three like when he originally came into NASCAR back in the early 80s. So That's why I love him. I... Yeah, I, I don't doubt that Wrangler hasn't been around for a very long time. But, you know, Levi's, um, I don't know, maybe let's just quick Google fact check. I think they've been around Wranglers for was about n- 80, 90 years. Wranglers was 1904, son. Oh, man. Ooh, that's a 116-year-old really? company. So w- when did Levi's get in the game? Ooh, eighteen fifty three. Wow! Get the fuck out of here, Wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> Dale, who? A dry goods company in San Francisco right. at the height of the California Gold Rush. Mm-hmm. Wow! Holy shit! But interestingly you, enough, you know these what, were nineteen eighty nine or eighteen eighty nine. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Um, crazy. (laughs) I just want to know about Bugle Boy, dude. What's up with Bugle Boy, dude? I didn't think Wrangler had been around that long. That's uh, that's very interesting. Yeah. So, uh, Ted, what have you been up to, man? Um, I know we've kind of locked you out and thrown away the key. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, we we would really uh, prefer that you're sitting at the table with us, but uh, Customs and Border Protection... (laughs) Has different plans. <laughs> God, these, these arbitrary lines have actually, you know, uh, thrown up a full blown invisible shield, and uh, I can't come in, I can't get into the country. So it's, um, you know, your, your force field is working. Let me tell you that much. Um, but um, you know, just uh, been hanging out here. Unfortunately, everything's been pretty well on lockdown. Like uh, from a movement perspective. Um, things have just started to open up. Uh, we actually officially just opened restaurants for in-restaurant seating um, this week, so that's uh, pretty good news over here. Uh, aside from that, spending some time with the family as much as I can. I'm not traveling for work. Uh, been out on the paddleboard to fish a little bit here in the local waters. Um, you know, embarrassing myself day in and day out, and uh, yeah, just uh, taking it easy otherwise. So, were you the one that hit the fucking whale with your paddleboard? That was it. Oh, my oh God. You know, I mean, they're such delicate creatures. And actually, you know what? I'm, I'm so heartbroken. creatures. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm actually genuinely heartbroken about that story because it was such a feel-good story. Like, you know, this whale fucking juvenile uh, humpback whale makes its way all the way, all the way down to St. Lawrence. Uh, like through the Gulf of St. Lawrence into the St. Lawrence River, all the way to the Port of Montreal, just before the rapids, like a mile before the rapids, literally. And, um, you know, just awesome displays of this jumping humpback whale um, and, and, and super cool images, great videos and stuff like that. And people obviously are curious, you know, they're going to go and check it out and stuff like that. Um, but unfortunately, the St. Lawrence River, we have this... Um, you know, major, major shipping channel, uh, which is the San Juan Seaway. Um, eventually, the seaway uh, separates from the actual river itself. So um, at probably one of the sections um, in the east end of Montreal where the seaway actually um, 
moves back into the river, um, I think the the humpback whale got uh, smoked by uh, <laughs> uh, one of the ships. A full smoke. You know? And, uh, yeah, like... Uh, got his wig split. Head. Yeah, but... Yeah, dude, that's it. Here's the comforting fact. Think how much money Disney is going to make off that movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's going to be like Canadian Free Willy up in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that that is the ultimate speed bump. I'm not going to lie. It's a fucking humpback whale. I mean, forget manatees. Yeah. Humpback whale. What a Canadian speed bump. Speed bump. <laughs> Damn. Rip. <laughs> All right. So, Ted, question. Yeah. I lost it. Hang on. Sorry. Have it. Uh, Celine what? Dion or Shania Twain? Oh, dude. Um, 100% Shania Twain. Amen. It depends, in the con- it depends in the context that you're asking, right? Because Shania Twain, I think, in my mind, is a way better songwriter and um, uh, and musician and singer Jesus, than Celine Dion. But from a performer perspective, an entertainment perspective, I've Your heart will go on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, my heart will go on. That's it. <laughs> but Shania Twain, 100%. Okay. <laughs> oh, are we going through a list of questions? Yeah, yeah. The, well, no, we're just looking well, at them on the I, internet. I'm like picking and choosing the ones I think are more like mission critical for the people to know. Mm-hmm. No, don't pick and choose. Like, if let's people go. take the time to, to well, ask the question, yeah, let's let's Ted down. owes well, an answer. Mm-hmm. I agree, but I'm like picking in and out of order. I'm not like oh, okay. reading down a line. Okay. Like, we went with a third the way down. Now we're going to go to the bottom. Who's hotter, French Canadian women, so Canadian gonna, women, or American women? Are you, you know, gonna at least put the, the are you gonna at least put the premise of the question like in context for everybody? No, I've read it word for words, just like no, the no, last one. yeah. We asked, we asked the internet, and the internet what they want to know giveth the, and taketh away. The internet has spoken, <laughs> spoketh. Uh, oh, damn. Wait. Okay. So, uh, what 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 was the question there, Ben? Is who, who's, who's who's hotter, French Canadian women, Canadian women, or American women? And I'm going to preface this by, we'll just ask it. One, two out of three probably don't shave their armpit, so keep that in mind. <laughs> um, I I, don't I think that's propagating that bad. Statement. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> but, um, don't, Jam- don't knock it. Hang on, hang on, Ben. Okay. Don't knock yeah, it. Until no, give give the man a, if you ask three. a question, you have to let him answer it. <laughs> yeah, so don't knock it until you try it. And I've tried all three, and I can tell you they're all pretty good. But, you know, hey, um, I got I to gotta stick with my hometown crowd, right? So French-Canadian, buddy. French-Canadian. See, now, go. Ted, I'm kind of a little bit disappointed. I thought for sure, knowing your personality that you would have shut down the three potential answers and deferred to the indigenous beauties, wow. such as your wife, uh-huh. are way Correct. better mm-hmm. than the other three choices. <laughs> and, 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 and thank God that, that is 100% accurate. And, you know, that's a, just a secret that I didn't feel like sharing with the world. So, um, mm. you know, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep that one to myself. What, the secret uh, being you're married everybody. to a female? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Broad scope. Yeah. Let's talk about a broader spectrum. Um, 
Uh, one of my favorite questions, not to beat the, the denim thing to death, somebody just asked, when is it not acceptable to wear denim? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I, I saw somebody walking downtown the other day. Yes, people walk downtown still. And the person had, he had... A denim a mask. Like, <laughs> denim, no, 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 no. Denim, denim romper. No, romper. yeah. What? Yeah. The yeah. ever-loving yeah, yeah. fuck. And it was kind of like, like later hosen. <laughs> I'm like, what's this fucking dude walking around in later hosens for? But I was like, wait a minute, later hosens aren't fucking denim. <laughs> I realized it was a fucking denim romper. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying it's never not acceptable. It is always acceptable. <laughs> Especially being well, a romper. <laughs> I guess so if you want to put it that way. Air quotes as I fold my denim romper and put it back. In my <laughs> <door>. <laughs> there's a uh, there's one about. Um, do you watch Letter Kenny? If so, how accurate is it? Because <laughs> um, that's what know, we um, that's what we think in Florida. Like, like that's Canadian that's life. Canada. Like uh, that yeah. everybody so in Canada. Everybody everybody seen the show. No, no. Has every, like, have, it, okay, Ben, you haven't seen the show. Larry, have you seen it? I have not. Okay. Well, uh, Letter Kenny is um, eerily, it's an eerily accurate representation of rural Canadian. Um, you know, very classic uh, locker room or like hockey chirp humor. Um, but it's not the only piece of Canadiana that Canadiana. I like that smart. word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, my like, stripper um, name. You know, the, the OG, <laughs> the OG is definitely Trailer Park Boys, hands down. Um, I love it. Go, yeah, it's it's fantastic. But Larry Kenny is very accurate um, to a degree. Um, it's mostly representative of people from Ontario in rural Ontario, but it's definitely very much similar across the board, across all provinces. All right. We're going to have to discern what this one even means. The guess who BTO or rush. Apparently Canadian. <sighs> Is that musical like, groups? Yeah. Yeah. Rush. That's what I was thinking with the rush thing. Uh, the other ones I've never even heard of. I have no idea. You've it's never heard who. of Bachman Turner Overdrive? Mm. Or um, the Guess Who? No. But you've like, heard of the Guess Who. Yeah. What, song, yeah, what was one of their songs? The Sing it, Ted. Um, uh, isn't it These Eyes Cry Every Night for You? Um, Does your wife think you're fucking crazy? Uh, these eyes have seen a lot of love, <laughs> but they never seen a one like I had with you. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, I'm with it. Sing it, Ted. Yeah, throw down, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Is that Taking your version of, of I-95? No. Taking care of business or uh, let it ride? <laughs> Is that a question? <laughs> like, wait, don't, taking don't care of business song? sounds familiar but i'm not quite sure how right. does it go <laughs> i don't know Maybe. <laughs> 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 fuck we had karaoke with ted going and all of a sudden he gets bashful take another sip yeah. of your drink yeah, and yeah, try again it. buddy 
Yeah, not not this time. Um, <laughs> but you know, all jokes aside, uh, those are three great Canadian bands. If I had to pick one, definitely be Rush. I've seen Rush several times um, in concert. Um, they're lots of fun. But there's a lot of other awesome Canadian rock bands uh, as well that probably uh, a lot of people know. Or Brian don't. Adams, but, uh, right? Yeah, Ryan Adams. Oh, Ryan uh, Adams. Wolf. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Steppenwolf. Uh, they're, Steppenwolf. They're <laughs> Steppenwolf? I can get down with some Steppenwolf. There's a there's an also to that question. How often does the average Canadian eat? I think he means Smokies. It says no, no, smokes. No. Uh, Smokes, yeah. Smokes is a chain poutine shop. Oh. Um, and, yeah, it's a little chain poutine restaurant. And um, is it like that little um, that little local place we have here, Taco Bell? <laughs> is it like that caliber? <laughs> yeah, it's like a little Mexican eatery. Of Taco Bell, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So, so yeah. visited after the bars close. For the most part, um, they actually close at a stupid hour, like um, 9 p.m., so you can't even visit them after the bars close. Um, if you want to visit, some, yeah, if you want to visit something after the bars close, um, there's something uh, called La Belle Provence, which is uh, basically a, a, a chip stand, hot dog stand, sort of like uh, basically greasy. Like stand. the bell um, of the province, like Canadian Taco <laughs> no, no, Bell? Like the beautiful. <laughs> The, it translates directly to the beautiful province, but it's like a fucking hot dog fucking canteen stand. We don't have anything <laughs> called like Florida rules, and it's just like <laughs> shitty hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Instead, you just have a bunch of dumbasses driving around with fucking salt life and slow ground stickers on the back of their truck. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Labatt flavors. We're talking about Labatt flavors. I don't think it's so much the flavors; it's the percentages. Well, no, Ted. <laughs> l- let Ted opine on Labatts because he's pretty vicious when it comes to like if you say, "Hey, uh, let's get some Labatt." Oh, that's fucking bullshit, nasty fucking swill. Or God forbid, you say something about uh, Molson. Molson Golden, baby. But Molson Golden's good. I I, I tried I to extend the maple leaf one day. I was at the gas station. I was like, I'm going to buy some beers. And they had a whole spread of Canadian. I sent it in the group text. I was like, yo, Ted, which one should I get? And he just picked apart each one. I was like, fine, I'm getting American beer. <laughs> Miller Lite it is. <laughs> um, do you, Coors Light, do you remember? Mm-hmm. So um, on, on one of my first trips into the Taylor Park, um, I don't know if you remember the package of Labatt beers that I brought. I yeah, yeah the Labatt, like a, the, it's the Labatt 50, right? There was, so well, one one time I brought a case of Labatt 50. I um, thought those were really good. I also, and I do remember you saying they, that that's like the equivalent of like, that would be like the Canadian PBR. For, well, yes. But yes, we'll, we'll, we'll simply just, Say yes, but it is basically the bad fifty is like the working man's beer. It's like especially here where I'm from, you know, uh, it's it is the blue collar beer, um, and um, but aside from that, um, Labatt has a number of different flavors. And Larry, if you remember, I brought like 
440s one time. I'd yeah. Yep. The bat, blue, dry, 6.1, 7.1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1, 8 .1
Exactly. But <clears throat> before the stubby, do you, the bomber and the court. Now, Ted, have you? Do you guys ever, or had you ever seen the high life bottles that I have? The pony, the little pony size bottles. Yep. So or like the you, tiny you, Coronas and, is, and shit. Yeah, yeah, well, um, <laughs> did you Coronitas. just say the mini Coronitas? Yeah. <laughs> Coronitas. <laughs> is, is, is it like Coronita? Is that like, um, you know, a virus for your cat? <laughs> no. <laughs> Cricket? Just a friendly <laughs> okay. little cat. Um. <laughs> that joke game strong, um. dude. <laughs> Um, but actually, um, Larry, yeah, I've seen those bottles, and what was awesome is the bar that Andrew took me to, the um, the speakeasy that Andrew took me to in Nashville when we went out. Um, they had fucking coolers full of that fucking shit, and we're like, while you're waiting in the lobby, like to get into the bar, they're like, oh, here, have a beer, and you just cranked beers in the fucking lobby <laughs> um, with a bunch of other people that you didn't know cranked. before you actually got into the bar cranked and ordered drinks. Beers. So they gave you beer before you got into the bar. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, but in that, it, it, they only had Miller High Life in those bottles. In the ponies. Those little ponies, oh, yeah. yeah. They're seven, yeah, and, yeah, seven yeah. and a half ounces, yeah. and it, it's like... You know, the laws of physics, there's actually one of the laws of physics is that beer can never be as cold as a Miller High Life in a pony bottle. Like, there's no colder beer right. than a Miller Pony. In the bottle. Right. Yeah, it's the Miller Pony bottle is like the coldest beer possible. That's like a law of physics. And the wonderful thing is, with it only being seven and a half ounces, is like, you tip it three times and you're like, shit, I need another one. Like it, it never, it, it can never warm up. Like it's just like whoosh, always cold from start to finish. They're amazing. So Larry, um, I didn't know that those bottles were seven and a half ounces and I have a glass. Actually, I just bought a set of glasses, like rock glasses uh-huh. that hold exactly seven and a half ounces. And so now I'm going to find one of those bottles and see if I can fill it to the tip top. Drink the fuck out of that cold ass beer. <laughs> 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 Fucking hashtag goals. Right. <laughs> hashtag science. Here's a thought. Why not just drink it out of the bottle? <laughs> no okay, so that, that, that begs the question. I don't want to drink it out of the bottle. So, That's so, the purpose of having okay. a seven and a half ounce glass. So I want to drink it out of my seven and a half ounce glass. When, when you guys are out and about and you're at a restaurant, <laughs> and you order a, a beer off, you know, not a draft. You're like, you know, what do you have in bottles? Oh, blah, 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 blah. And you, you order. Do you have them put it in a cold glass for you? Mm-hmm. Or are you like, no, nah, I'm good with a bottle? No. Good with a bottle. I'm good with a bottle. Yeah, I'm good Only with a bottle. Only if it's a I'm can. Good. I'm good with the bottle. Okay, well, I didn't say I'll, can. So okay. if they brought you a can, you would want it to go into a glass. Yeah, I mean, I'll, if, if they don't have a cold glass, I'll drink it out of the can. I'm not a snob, but, you know. Okay. If it's in a can, I'll throw it in a glass. Okay, but but let's say let's say you're at a fucking party and there's a ton of solo cups and uh, you know somebody hands you a solo cup in a bottle. Are you gonna pour your beer in the in the solo cup, Jameson? Nope. And nope. I'm, I'm not gonna pour my bottled beer into a seven and a half ounce glass. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> checkmate. 
Look, let, let's just call it a matter of personal taste, okay? Fair point. So, so are there any other lingering questions that uh, the listeners that uh, follow us on Instagram have for, for Ted and his Canadian wisdom? I don't. I don't see. I think that's it. I All, think the only one I see it says you better ask that guy where the best bull trout live up there. Said in my passively best Canadian accent. Well, you know, I so I don't know enough about bull trout to to sort of give a a, a smart enough answer. But um, you know, that would I be like out in the uh, Canadian Rockies, I would think. Yeah, I was gonna say out west. Um, you know, there's a lot of awesome trout fishing and. Um, I know of um, at least a guide service that follows the podcast, and they do it in a podcast um, uh, out of central Alberta. Um, God, what's their name? Um, anyway, but uh, they, 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 they're always posting trout stuff, classic fly adventures. Um, they're always posting. Oh, they sent us stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sent us t shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're out of central Alberta. Um, but then also, I don't know, I mean, Larry, when you mentioned in the group text um, about Big Land. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you, uh, did you watch it? That's all East Coast. Yeah, I did. It was fantastic. It was awesome. It was so so my Coast question for stuff. you, um, um, after after now that I know that you've watched this it. Is, this is called what, Big Land on, is it a Netflix? Uh, no, it's just on YouTube. No, it's on YouTube. Oh, okay. It's, um, it was uh, one of the films that like made the Drake um, film tour okay. or the, the Drake movie awards. It got a, um, an award at, I, I don't know whether it was last year or the year before, but, um, maybe because of the COVID thing or whatever, they finally like released the full film on YouTube. So you can watch it for free on YouTube. Um, what, what is it, Ted? It's like probably like 45 minutes long, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that. yeah, it's like yeah. full, you know, for a fly fishing film, it's like feature length. Um, and it's the, this couple, and they recruit uh, this third guy that goes with them uh, up to um, Labrador. Labrador, that's right. So that it, which is yep. north of the Gaspé, right? It's kind of across the other yep. side so of the Saint Lawrence River, north, northeast of the yeah, northeast of the Gaspé. So Quebec is a province. Is physically attached to Labrador. Labrador is a territory of Newfoundland, which is separated from Canada. It's called the Rock. That's why they call it the Rock. So actually, Labrador isn't... Because uh, I was I was confused when I was watching it, because as a kid, I've been fortunate. Um, my father um, and I camped all over Canada, um, and I, I've always said, you know, I've camped in every province in Canada except Yukon, Northwest Territory, and um, Newfoundland. And when they were talking about Labrador, I was like, I, I you know, did I miss a province in there? But you're saying it's just a territory <laughs> of Newfoundland, right? Yeah, so it's, it's essentially, it's part of the province, but it's a separate territory that's referred to as Labrador. So the province of Newfoundland is known as Newfoundland and Labrador. Okay, okay. So my question, now that you've got your place up in the Gas Bay, um, you had mentioned to me that 
you had found out that there were some uh, really good brook trout fishing opportunities up there uh, beyond us just doing the Atlantic salmon. Is it anywhere approaching what we saw in the film about Labrador? Um, so those are, I mean, first of all, those are very large brook trout. Yeah, they're huge. That are in that film. They're, they're, they're huge. Um, they're five pound fucking like huge. Well, I mean, essentially a a brook trout like that is a sea run char of that species. Right. Um, You know, because brook trout aren't technically trout. They are. Right. They're a char. char, But they're just referred to. Yeah. Um, but they are sea run trout that run into the rivers um, that are coastal rivers. Now, obviously, a lot of rivers, and without knowing too much about stocking programs and where they stock, but generally most brook trout um, that we commonly see, you know, very rarely do you come across sort of wild brook trout, unless I'm totally, totally mistaken. But these are purebred sea run brook trout that run into these rivers um, and they get very, very large. So I don't know how big the ones that run into the rivers where, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to go and fish how big, how big they get. Um, but my buddy Frank actually just texted me the other day. He was fishing. Um, what are we Saturday? He fished yesterday on the petite Cascopedia and said that he pulled out, um, you know, a pretty large brook trout, which, um, uh, I would imagine it's probably in the neck of the woods about um, 20 inches, 22 inches. Um, Damn. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there is, there is world-class brook trout fishing out there. And, uh, you know, people travel all over the world to go and fish those rivers equally for Atlantic salmon. But um, I don't know if you guys saw in the, the group text, I also posted um, the... Um, video of the stripers that were just like bombing bait at the at the beach there and you know i mean it's a, it's a great opportunity to being there is a great provides a great opportunity to catch big stripers um uh, awesome size atlantic salmon and world-class brook trout um yeah if that answers your question a little broadly. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, you know, when you, it piqued my interest when you said that, you know, there was potential for, you know, some brook trout fishing up and yeah. up there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, cause you'd said it was in and the upper reaches. I wasn't, wasn't clear if you were saying it was in the grand Cascopedia that you were talking about, like, or, you know, the branches yeah. or whether you were talking about over on the petite. Yeah, so I was talking about over on the Petite um, and um, not far from where I am uh, on the Petite, there is um, there's two branches that have like an insane amount of uh, brook trout, apparently. I haven't gone to fish for them, but I mean, there's, there's roughly 60 miles, uh, 65 miles of river that run up from the Gulf of St. Lawrence uh, all the way through the Gaspé Peninsula from one side over the next. Um, and, um, there's probably, I want to say 40, 45 miles of that, um, times two, um, is because these are branches, right. Um, is, is specifically brook trout fishing. So I've got to go and check that out. Yeah. And it, um, the, I've only heard stories. The thing that like really 
haunted me from from that film was the fact that they were mousing for Brooke Trout. And I was like, yeah. holy <laughs> fucking right? shit. Like, <laughs> like, but again, like, I mean, and they, they touched on it in the film and they talked about it. And man, Canada has a way of fucking locking shit down. Um, you, you, yeah. you can't go up there and do anything on your own uh, with the brook trout up in Labrador. It's like you have to have a guide. Yeah, you have to have a guide and all that. And, uh, you know, I, I understand it's, you know, preserves and protects the, the folks that live up there and provides a means of, you know, earning a living. But sometimes it's like a lot of fun to be able to go do it, you know, make a go of it on your own. Uh, it's a little bit more rewarding, I, I suppose, or at least for me personally. So, Yeah, but Larry, I mean, part of that is also like a, a, a safety thing too, right? I mean, like, you know, the, the movie um, or in, in that film, you have these like two people from Massachusetts that like, granted that sure, you know what, they may be experiencing the outdoors and stuff like that, but navigating in, in a foreign territory like that, you know, I mean, it just, it's, 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 it's dangerous. I'm not saying that they can't do it, but at the same time, like, I understand that probably. Dude, the guy couldn't, the, the guy couldn't use the fucking axe. Like, I, I'm not oh saying. Oh my God, no, he <laughs> fucking sliced his hand open. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> they're certainly not the example Game of, one, yeah. but, but I'm just saying, and I completely get where you're, where you're going. You know, they did this remote trip and it was definitely wise on their part to, to have a partner in crime. Uh, they found the right guy that had the right permits and all that stuff to do it. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's a different culture um, of, you know, in order to have access up there, you have to have a guide, which is just very unique versus, you know, down here, um, you know, you decide you want to go um, fish XYZ River as long as there's public access ability to get there you can go do it you're not compelled to uh employ someone to take you that's all that's the only difference the distinction i'm making you know part of that also is like you know if you want to talk about kind of preserving a fishery if 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 governments or if like controlling groups are going to make it that difficult to, to fish or gain access to be able to fish those areas i mean it's got to make you wonder how much, like, somebody who really wants to fish that area will go through the trouble of getting all their ducks in a row to be able to fish that area kind of thing, right? Not like a regular weekend warrior. Like, I mean, we all see, for example, like the Yellow Dog Fly Fishing Tour kind of flyers and ads and stuff like that. You know, we hear them, we see them in, in magazines and stuff like that, and they're like, oh, book trips worldwide, or like, you know, go to this lodge, or, you know, there's there's hosted trips and stuff like that. And that's just basic tourism and stuff like that. This is this is totally different in that, like, Newfoundland and Labrador are not advertising that that brook trap fishery exists. If you want to go and fish it, it means that you've got to get all your shit lined up. It's like, you've really got to be committed to going to fish that, right? So part of it, I think, Larry, is, discouraging the sort of behavior that it's an open fishery. Not that it shouldn't be, but uh, it makes it just that much more special. <laughs> and on the, top uh, of that, it's it's not an easy trip to make either. Right. Whereas yeah. in, here in Florida, you know, if they tried to close off a section, well, 
I mean, you, there's a highway that runs all over the state. You could get to it pretty easily. Right. Up we, there, I mean, it's, it's a trek just to get into the waterway. Well, I, you know, I juxtapose it against, you know, the, the trip that I did to, to Alaska. You know, five of us went and did a two-week float on very remote waters. Um, and, you know, we didn't have to employ a guide and, and, and to do it. Um, so I don't know. It's just different, different culture. It's not, I'm not saying it's, you know, bad or good. It's just different. It's, uh, it, it adds a layer of expense, um, that probably does call out a lot of people that would otherwise want to go do it. Um, so the, uh, how are you doing for kind of travel and fishing and screwing around locally, Ted? Are you, I know that you had some restrictions Uh, and stuff, you know, I don't know how bad that got. Well, we had, um, so for um, a few months, we had uh, all of our regions or counties, which would be the best kind of way to draw comparison, were were shut down by the government. So you couldn't travel inter-region. So, um you know, I basically had to stay within my region here. Yeah, your county or whatever. Go, like, the country. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, with the border closing, I mean, I was supposed to come down for the dinghy derby and bring my boat back and have it here for the summer. And obviously, that got derailed really quickly as things with COVID started to kind of progress a little bit further. So I'm, I'm without boat and been dying to fish certain areas because they're, you know, the from looking at maps and stuff like that, wind and, and knowing the way that the, the river is pushing, um, you know, it's just prime fishing. And I know that there's good cover for uh, a good amount of several species of fish kind of cruising around. So it's, it's been hard to get out. Um, you know, I've been out on the paddleboard, but um, just uh, trying to get to the spots that I want to get to is difficult because it's, uh, you know, I don't have the boat to get there. Right. But they've opened, um, obviously, yeah. opened back up to where you can go county to yeah, county or yeah. region um, to region. Or all of all of Quebec was opened up on May 18th. So, okay. um, and yeah, some some of the regions are like dying to shut back down again. Um, but uh, there's not enough data in like spike in like COVID spike to sort of support uh, right. closing all the regions again. Sure. Sure. Well, at least, you know, at least you've got some means and and now, you know, kind of a way and some means to to get some done, you know. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, it's nice just kind of paddle boarding around in in your local waters because you can really take the time to fish specific sections. You're not moving as much um, because you just don't have that mobility with the boat, right? So, like, I'll paddle out into the section of the river and I'll camp it for, like, half an hour, 30 minutes and see where fish are rising or fish are kind of feeding. Like, uh, for example, um, you know, there are certain uh, areas where there are a lot of carp and you'll see them tailing and stuff like that. And um, they move to very certain spots. And a lot of them have heavy vegetation and cover. And, you know, Ben Siddig posted his carp fishing video um, last week, I think, and, um, you know, a lot of the sort of fishing that kind of took place or that was described was very, very kind of shallow, if I'm not mistaken, shallow water. You know, here um, in, in, in the water, you have variations 
um, where I was fishing from like five feet deep to like 10 feet deep. Right. So it's very, very different carp fishing experience and sort of what a lot of people kind of traditionally see, I think, or what, what you see in like YouTube videos and stuff like that. So it's been pretty difficult to kind of try to stick fish and I still haven't yet in this river. So I'd really like to. (laughs) So did you find Ben's, uh, carp fishing tutorial to be helpful absolutely i mean uh it's, it's always like any bit of information is good doesn't matter when it comes or who it comes from um and you know ben ben's got uh, you know all the all the jokes aside and, and and whatever ben's got some pretty good content right so um you know the biggest thing for me was just a reminder of like um with respect to the carp fishing video is just make sure you're looking for carp that are traveling right um uh, because you tend to see static carp and you're like oh fuck there's a fish so you want to throw a fly at them or um just in 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 those carp that are traveling at high speeds and 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 in like schools or groups of like you know four or five fish or whatever you know they're going somewhere you know don't waste your time necessarily casting at them you want to find those kind of like lazily those lazy cruising fish you know right um that was a good reminder that's for sure <clears throat> um well cool man well i guess we'll kind of stay in touch on how the hell or if the hell you're gonna ever come back to florida yeah oh man yeah i'd love to um you know i'd love to make it back love to hang out hope to hope i can make it back for the dinner derby whenever that happens but um you know right now i think uh some people, depending on the news network that you, you listen to or whatever news feed that you read, you know, are forecasting that the border is going to remain closed through till the end of the year. So, yeah, we um, had a couple setbacks knows. in the state or tried setbacks, you know, again. So, playing it by year, I guess. Yeah, we had, we had actually started talking with uh, Marine Discovery Center about potential uh, rescheduling dates. They actually have rescheduled their Lagunacy event uh, for late That's September. Right. And uh, we were thinking more along the lines of early October. Um, but we had had discussions with Marine Discovery Center um, about potentially moving the rescheduling of the Dean Derby to coincide with Lagunacy. Um, just so oh, they that'd be sick. But now, with like Carl just mentioned, um, you know, there's forces that are in play that are that are trying to, you know, make everybody climb back in their shell and 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 think that the world is ending again because the Wuhan flu and uh, it's back in the air. You know, it's like we don't want to start talking a schedule only to find out that, you know, shit gets locked back down or whatever. Not that I believe that a lot of people are going to be very, um, accepting of a second round of, uh, you know, lockdowns and all that stuff. But, uh, at the same time, we want to make the right decision. So we're just kind of, uh, soft pedaling and, uh, waiting to see and get a feel for what's going on before we commit to a new date. So hopefully, um, if we have to, uh, we can figure out a way to smuggle you across the border and get you down here, um, for it. So if it comes to that, yeah, 
Well, you know, just uh, throw me on one of the uh, human traffic uh, smuggling routes uh, here along the northern border. I'm sure I'll get in real quick. Hmm. <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time, Ted. Listen, and just leave the denim home, you know what I mean, and <laughs> you'll blend right in. <laughs> you know, I got to I gotta actually shout out Mark, though, because, I mean, my biggest, my biggest priority for the summer was getting the boat. Um, and he sent me, like, a text out of the blue the other day. He's like... What if I were to drive the boat up to you from Florida, from New Smyrna all the way to Canada? I was like, dude, I would never ask you for that. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just—it was just a very funny moment. But uh, shout out to Mark for for thinking creatively. He was trying to make a family vacation out of a trip to the north. Now, <laughs> would that not be the best fly fishing film ever? Is Mark well, Mark? having a phone call with Ted and Ted saying, man, you know, I I'm still on lockdown. You know, that fucking Donald Trump won't let us fucking Canadians back down into America. You know, my boat's stuck in Florida and Mark says, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to bring you your boat. And the, the film is about the standoff at the fucking border. No shit. Like who? And, and you have to push it and like, let it roll. Yeah. And and Mark literally pulls to the border crossing and they're like, um, we're sorry, but you know, you stinking Americans are not allowed to come to Canada today. And Mark says, (laughs) well, I I get that. I'm totally fine with that, but I need to do a U-turn like to get the hell back out of here. And so Mark pulls across the border to do the U-turn and he fucking hops out. And fucking unshackles the fucking boat and just like leaves it just across the border. <laughs> and Ted comes fucking hot footing it in there, slides in, fucking hooks it up. And he's like, thanks for the fucking boat, losers. And off he goes. <laughs> Fade to black. They both, have, they both have black SUVs, too. So it would be like all the Border <laughs> Patrol guys would think it was like yeah. the men in black or something that just had some oh. kind of. Larry, do you remember the the border crossing coming from the U.S. into Canada when we uh, when I picked you up at the airport? Yes, like very very tiny border crossing. Uh huh. So in between that border crossing and the U.S. border crossing, there is a two hundred yard stretch of road where um, it, it's basically separated by a like solid du- double solid yellow line. Uh huh. Um, and Without getting to the U.S. checkpoint yet, I can pull a U-turn. And without getting to the Canadian checkpoint yet, Mark can pull a U-turn. And we can do the exchange right there without even having to cross the international border. <laughs> Boat exchange. Dude, we, we have got, dude, we have got to do this. I will chip right. in for gas. Right. So, so what we need to do is we need to find out which fly fishing company wants to sponsor the great fucking <laughs> escape. The great escape. And it's going to be a, a, oh, a story of repatriating Ted Skiff to Canada. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I offered to pay. Like I was like, dude, I could never ask you to do it. But if that were to happen, I would pay for your fucking hotel rooms. Um, you know, I'd get you a guided trip in like northern New York and the Adirondacks or something like that. Like, just like whatever you fucking name it, I'll take care of you. I mean, it would it would just be an epic story. That's a Disney story, Ben. Forget forget the humpback mm-hmm. whale. Well, that's a fucking mm-hmm. Disney story. I'm down with it. 
Who's the princess? You or Mark? <laughs> right. <laughs> Ted's cuter, so we'll, we'll say Mark's, right, Ted. Mark's making Mark's making a family vacation out of it, right? So I would imagine that his daughter would be the princess. And does and does the boat have a personality like 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 uh, Herbie the Love Bug? Oh yeah, the talking <laughs> boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Start spouting off the customs. <laughs> right. <sighs> It's like a real coming of age story for the boat. Right. You know, while while the plan sounds pretty fucking solid, that that two hundred and fifty three hundred yards of you know simply a yellow line that that separates. I'm guessing that there's probably some really high level video surveillance that goes on right there, and uh, oh, they I, would search the shit out of us. I, well, but worse worse yet. I think, uh, not actually not worse yet. Imagine the viral video that would come out of, you know, the skiff exchange followed by the proned out at gunpoint, mm-hmm. you know, and then like that realization when those border patrol guys realize these guys were just trying to help their bro fish. And they like <laughs> single tier pick you up off they, they pick you up off the ground, dust you off, fucking high five you, and offer to fucking buy beers at the end of their shift. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, what fucking red blooded American or Canadian border guard would not appreciate that level of fucking friendship? It's like we're prepared to create an international incident to get this <laughs> fucking skip home. International incident. Ted, what's the huge lake? What's the huge lake that... When I flew in, there's like that fucking huge lake. Doesn't it have part of it goes into Canada and then part of it... Uh, lake Champlain. Yeah, Lake Champlain. Does, does it... It's a fucking monster. We couldn't fucking Champ. launch the boat. Well, I guess I'm leaving off the fact that you need a trailer at the other side. Never mind. Fucking Tennessee logic. Go to go to Canadian Tire and get a new trailer, Ted. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't sell boat trailers there. It's pretty depressing. You don't need a boat um, trailer. You just, just got to get trailer. creative. Yeah, aisle sixty nine. Oh God, then I'm going to end up on qualified captain. <laughs> Fair. Ted, I can't believe that you yeah, haven't brought yeah. this up like to a wider audience uh, or of, weeks of the ago. possibilities that we could be doing this. Mm-hmm. Dude, my minivan's got a hitch. You know, uh, it's not even a double yellow line. I just sent you guys the pin in the group chat. It's a fucking single dash white line between the two borders. I'd love to add that to my resume. Yes. International incident. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So I um, I see that you've done federal prison time. Right. What was that about? <laughs> I was dropping a boat off to a friend. Right. No, really. What, what, what was that for? <laughs> dropping a boat off for a friend. Right. International. I mean, we crossed international borders to do it. Right. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, we, we just like push the boat and it like right. rolls across and you just happen to be there to catch it and hook it and go. Right. But officer, we hatched this plan late on a Saturday night on a podcast. That's right. <laughs> you can't put me in real jail. It has to happen. Right. <laughs> Perhaps you've heard of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Slide him a sticker across the table. Yeah. <laughs> Just 
this let me get to the right. DMZ? <laughs> Ten cars okay. the new one. <laughs> hang on one, hang on one second. So it's not, I mean, I was terribly mistaken with how, what the distance between the two borders is, okay? It is not 200 yards. It is a mile between the Canadian checkpoint and the U.S. checkpoint. Oh, oh my God. We could do this. And really the way to do it would be we would need three vehicles. We'd need the tow vehicle with the fucking boat and then a lead vehicle and a tail vehicle. The lead vehicle and the tail vehicle actually like jam up. Rant, run off into the fucking ditch and like make a big scene about like being stuck and like, but near, near each of the border crossings so that they're like looking like, what the fuck are these idiots doing? And like just fucking mashing it to the floor, slinging fucking mud, like, you know, jumping out, cursing, fucking just raising hell about, you know, how the fuck did I get stuck? While the fucking exchange goes down in the middle and they have no idea. Mm-hmm. Few people would make ten your ditches better. This wouldn't have happened. That's how you treat Americans. <laughs> I mean, if they were, if it was a minivan full of like Hooters waitresses, dude. Yeah, just a guy thinking. You know what I mean? Right. Diversion. Right. Diversion tactics. <laughs> yeah. Distract and overcome. Diversionary situations. International. You know, they they have to ask. They have to ask the hard questions. Like, can I have refugee status? well ted we we we're going to have to start uh putting together a plan because i mean how have we all not realized that this is entirely possible well mark mark did realize it and uh you know out of the goodness and kindness of his heart um you know um, made the offer, and uh, you know, if if it happens, it happens. If not, like you know, I can wait to go and pick up the boat. It's not the end of the world. I'm not going to die. But so, um, so Mark would, just responded on the cool. group text. You making a break for it? Because <laughs> he saw where your pin was. <laughs> oh man! If if only he knew the context and how appropriate that comment was. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, all right, fellas. Well, this has been a lot of fun, and uh, you know, hope to do it again soon. Um, I'll be in the gas bay the rest of this week. Lucky so, you. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you enjoy the uh, the fish. the balmy mid fifties, I'm guessing, and uh, we'll continue to uh, sweat with the oldies down mm-hmm. here with 107 feels like temperature. <laughs> Oh man, I I don't envy all of you um, at all <laughs> for that reason. All right, well, uh, safe travels, and I would tell you to be careful that there's moose on the highway. But uh, I know that that's only yep. on fucking uh, commercials that try to get gullible tourists to come up there to see moose. That the they actually aren't actually there during the summer. So uh, be careful. Stay take a vacation. Off, stay off the four wheeler trails. They're not shortcuts. <laughs> Thank you. All right, buddy. Thanks right. for uh, thanks gonna, for chatting I with us to tonight. Right again one day. Yeah, we do. Um, and uh, we're expecting uh, 
some text updates while you're up there, letting us know how things are. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, fellas, it's been a blast. And uh, if anybody else has any uh, Canadian-related questions, you know, feel free to shoot me a DM or just throw, throw the question in the post. I'll answer directly to your, uh, to your question. All right, Ted. All right. Thanks, Sounds buddy. Good. Later, Ted. Later, Ted. Later, brother. Bye, Ted. Take care, guys. See you. Have fun. Bye. Well, I feel like uh, we've like achieved a, a new level of scheming and fucking right. mm-hmm. uh, rowdiness potential. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually very intrigued at the idea of uh, going to Canada. Uh, well, kind of almost getting to right. Canada. There with, could be just, with a boat yeah. in tow. I'm down to get turned around at the border as long as I get that mile of fun. <laughs> the uh, that being said. Lunch yesterday, my boss said, um, y'all want Friday off? So if we leave Thursday night. Oh, that's a hell of a cannonball there, buddy. Yes, it is. But I got all weekend. Dude, can you imagine if we pulled that caper on Independence Day weekend? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Dude, leave Thursday night. Is there automatic just jets that come out with red, white, and blue trucks? (laughs) Like at a sporting event? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) There's the snowbirds. Yeah, the snowbirds and the thunderbirds would fly over at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Just in the spirit of Mm -hmm. they flip and did it. Right. They draw two, like... Hands high fiving, yeah, like with smoke. The ultimate and a goodwill gesture between countries. (laughs) Like the music playing would be like, "Oh, Canada, say can you see?" Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. it would be epic. Well, Um, one one thing that I do want to mention before we piece out, which is kind of the direction we're headed, is. before we started the podcast tonight, um, we had some delicious pizza. Um, oh, we did? From Panheads uh, up in New Smyrna Beach. And uh, as we were dining here on the old oak table, I shared with the three of you all um, the first entry that we've seen for the Taylor Park Fly Fishing Film Festival. And uh, I must say, that uh, Mr. Brian Butts has uh, set the bar high. Set the bar yeah. pretty high. It doesn't yeah. disappoint. No, it did not good. disappoint. Yeah. Um, 100%. Um, speaking personally, it's absolutely what I've hoped to see mm-hmm. from, from people that are doing their films. It was taking us with him and the fellas that he went with on a fucking fishing trip. And it was high energy. It was fun. It was the minutia of places that they, you know, visited, ate, including some fishing, Mm -hmm. some epic fishing. Good fishing, really good. Um, and, and, And he did a fantastic job with the soundtrack, uh, editing pretty pretty tight, you mm-hmm. know, but yeah. you can still tell, you know, it wasn't done at a uh, a, a major media house, you right. know. You can definitely get the feel that, uh, you know, it was like if one of us did it, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Uh, I do know that uh, there are others working on films, or at least have told, told us that they're working on films. Uh, pretty much 
the majority of everybody that said that they're doing something is all saltwater based, which is great. Um, not sure if the guys out in Montana uh, really listen to the podcast or not, but the the guys that have the YouTube channel Dinks Only, um, I did reach out to them and they did say that they were going to put together a, a yeah. film for it. So I hope that they're doing that. Um, Again, I don't know if they listen to the show or not. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Don't know. Um, I'll reach back out to them and, and, and see if they're getting close. But uh, anybody that is working on a film, uh, the way that you're getting it to us initially is if you have a Vimeo account or a YouTube account, upload your finished film to either YouTube or Vimeo. Don't make it publicly available. You know, have it as private. In other words, you're going to have to have to have a password to be able to see it. Share it to us, the link to it. Give us the password to be able to view it. Don't share it publicly, and we'll be able to put it all together. And then at some point, we'll probably reach out to you and say, okay, we need to get the full file so that we'll have it, so that um, the hope is to be able to do an actual live event down here. Mm -hmm. Um, and then because obviously, you know, we've got people that listen from Australia to Alaska to all across the lower 48 through Canada. We're trying to figure out when we do our local live event, being able to broadcast it most likely. I was just thinking of streaming it. Yeah. Probably on Facebook as a watch party yeah. is, is kind of the, the direction that uh, we're looking at. So uh, when and if that happens, obviously, we'll give everybody a heads up. We'll promote the hell out of it because, you know, we like to shamelessly plug our own shit. Um, <laughs> and then I know ain't originally... That, ain't that the truth? <laughs> originally, we had said that the cutoff for submissions was... July 15th. July 15th. Um Due to the Wuhan um, Kung flu Kung flu situation and the fact that a lot of people really haven't been able to get out and do their thing as freely as as you know America stands for, that we're going to go ahead and push that deadline out kind of at this point. I'm not going to even put a deadline other than try to get them to us soon, sooner, than later. sooner yeah. rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of like we're, we're going to flex a little bit um, to, to let you guys have a little bit of extra time if you need it. But, uh, you know, get something put together. We'd love to see it. Uh, Brian Butts, thanks you for your submission already. Killer job. Uh, uh, any other housekeeping we've got? Yeah, a, a quick side note on, on short film. Uh-huh. Anybody see that Temple Fork Outfitters thing of flip pallets? No. No. It was so artsy. I was completely lost the whole time. He's like hunting in the woods. But I'm like... He's hunting? Yeah. Is he throwing a push pole? There's like two shots of like fishing at all. He's just hunting the whole time, walking around and just saying like weird artsy shit. Was he hunting like... um, Like, um, guava trees so you could make forks or something. Yeah, no, just like I think I think it was like a boar. And it's there's a lot of that shaky camera work, like like uh what was that terrible movie? The the Blair Witch Project. The Blair Witch Project. Where you're like sick and confused about 
And this language. is this was to promote the fly rod company? Yeah, TFO. It's like TFO's flip pallet something or other and how he's not social distancing and he's not this and he's not that. He's just dropping out for a while and he's out in the woods just being really artsy and weird. Huh. Yeah. I, I, I How did I miss that? I don't, I don't know. I Maybe because I don't today. follow them? I don't know. Fuck. Was it on Instagram or something? Uh, potentially, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, weird. It, it's, it's, you wait. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, Maybe... Maybe they're entering the contest. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're trying. Well, yeah. yeah. Dude, hard, hard fail. I mean, not to be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Super weird. I don't know. Kind of weird stuff. Um, oh, I know what I was going to um, Let's see. I guess, um, you know, it wouldn't be a proper... Taylor Trash uh, episode if we didn't bitch a little bit about, you know, some of the nonsense that goes on on social media. Um, I guess the Gooch is uh, drawing a line in the sand. Um, They are no longer going to advertise on Facebook, which by extension I would assume would be also um, Instagram since it's owned by Facebook because they're mad, bro. They're real mad because Facebook is willing to take money from political candidates that they don't agree with, and they're taking their ball and going home. Um, so we checked just before the show started, and it's been, what, six, six days? days? Six days since they've posted anything on their Instagram. So I don't know if that's because they're angry and they've quit posting, but, like, in my mind, the, what if they you're meant is ad money, they're not going to give ad money to them anymore. I suppose they're not going to use but, it at but all. Let's, but let's be let's let's call a spade a spade. Their entire fucking feed is an ad, right? Right. Yeah. So if you're really making a point, shut your fucking account off. Like poof, gone. Um, but it's more about, I believe, you know, <laughs> virtue signaling. Yeah. And it's the worst kind of virtue signaling. It's divisive. If I don't agree with Carl on politics, which is there's a good chance that that we don't agree 100%. Mm -hmm. I still love him like a brother. I still call him and talk to him. I still go fishing with him. I'll still go out on the skiff with him. I don't say, fuck you, Carl. I can't believe that you Mm -hmm. support such and such. I'm quitting Instagram because you have one. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And I mean... At the end of the day, companies need to recognize that people that support either left politics or right politics, both sides still like to go out to the outdoors. Right. They still like to fly fish. We they only still like have, to go camping. We all have to share one kind of money. Too. And, and they still have one yeah. kind of money. Yeah. yeah. So... Knock the shit off and you just want, fucking entertain and sell us. Sell your fucking puffy vest. Yeah, just entertain <laughs> yeah. us. That's all we ask. Just don't lecture us, right? Because we don't give a shit what your politics are. Mm-hmm. No. Just like I don't give a shit whose politics at this table. Are. I've always that's always kind of been or has become more and more of a, a pet peeve. Like the, but Chick Fil A said, "Who gives a shit what Chick Fil A cares? Give me a fucking chicken sandwich. Right. Give me a couple bucks." 
Don't tell me shit. I won't tell you shit. And that's it. Right. You sell chicken sandwiches. That's just you a delicious a fucking chicken yeah. sandwich. You do a damn good job at it. I don't, don't care what their position <laughs> on whatever is. My position and is really that's a fucking have, delicious their, sandwich. Their, their position should be like, we like making sandwiches. See? <laughs> we also like money. Yeah, that's, that's right. It. We'll trade you. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, Jameson. Hmm. Carl. You guys are about to undertake uh, a little uh, arts and crafts yeah, moving gonna, forward. We've got some some plans in the works. We're some, doing some setup. Some, some and, things coming right. down. All right, yeah. cool, cool. There will there will be updates. Yeah, we'll update. We'll update our fans. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm guessing that uh, we've probably exhausted everything that we've had to talk about without. Terribly boring, everyone. And uh, we're going to go ahead and start drifting on out. And uh, that's going to wrap up episode 49. Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. We will not be back next weekend because it's Independence Day weekend. Not the 4th of July weekend. It's Independence Day weekend. So, uh, be safe out there. Enjoy yourself. We'll be, we'll be too busy living free. We gotta spring a boat back to freedom, baby. <laughs> That's right. We'll catch y'all on the next one. Thanks for listening and see you soon.
Hey, this is Brian Buscon. I was just going to ask, uh, you guys have seen that new movie, Constipation? No? Oh, that's because it never came out. <laughs> See ya.